for many people, man, some of their greatest scars and hurts were in church. And I hate that, man. I hate that. That shouldn't happen in church. A church that function as a church and moves and does stuff, but its head is missing is a messed up church. The head must be Jesus. According to scripture, the church is me and you. God will never mess up his church because he died for the church and he's coming back to get the church. Hey guys, this is Pastor Tommy. Thanks for joining us today at the church at Bushland. Man, we pray that your faith will be encouraged and inspired from today's message. Good to see each of you. Thank you, online church. I wanna welcome you as well. Say thank you for being with us. You're very faithful and we love you. Uh, happy Labor Day weekend to all of you. Appreciate you coming up from the grill and getting the church. You can go right back to the grill. Amen. Uh, man, it's good to see each of you. Glad you're in the house today. So I'm going to jump into a series. Um, it's simply called The Church. And it's kind of two-part. First part, um, we're going to kind of look at what... <laughs> In the best way I could say it, what was God thinking? Amen. When he established a church, what did he have in mind? What, what, was, what, was, what was on his mind? What was he trying to do? What did he want the church to do and represent? Second half, we want to look at the church today. On the after the goofiness of three years ago, or whatever, however long that lasted, if it even went away. But what? What is the church? Where is it today? What is it about? What, what God, what's God got left for the church? What does he want to do in the church? Where is its place? What's its point? That kind of stuff. And so that's the series. So I want to take you for a little bit. I, I am grateful, so grateful, so grateful for this church. I'm serious. Beautiful church. Not a perfect church, okay? But a beautiful church. I love the life. I love the energy. I love the people. I love all that God is doing, has done, and is yet to do. I love how God has put together an incredible staff here. Love those, my staff around me, the guys and ladies around me. I'm thankful, so thankful for them. Thankful for the deacons that serve so beautifully. I'm thankful for my elders, the seven men that love the church and oversee and govern the church. I love that. Uh, I love what we saw last weekend, if you were here, uh, with the brisket. Kate will say more at the end, but I just love the life and the energy and the beauty of that. Uh, I love the brisket of that. <laughs> Maybe just go ahead and just be honest here, okay? But, but, but I love all that. That's beautiful. A church has to be that. It's life. It's living. It's, it's doing life together, and I love every bit of that. So I want you to go back. I mean, when you think about church, man, that gives us resurrect a whole lot of thoughts, Amen. So go back when you were little, young. What, what do you remember about the church? What do you remember about the church? Some people remember so vividly about church. If you grew up in church, uh, some of you may not have grown up in church. Some of you may be here today going, I don't even like church. I can't even figure out why I'm here. I'm gonna listen to you and I might take you out when it's over. But, but, but I want you to think about the church. I grew up in First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas. My mom taught Sunday school. My dad was a deacon there. Uh, I'm the oldest of three children, which meant I was supposed to behave. <laughs> that didn't work out too good. But, uh, but, but, I, but I remember church. I remember a lot of things about church. I remember a bunch of pews, <laughs> all right? uh, an interesting colored carpet. All right? uh, Baptist had light green, light blue carpet in almost everything. Uh, I remember uh, 
pew racks with Bibles and hymnals. I remember offering envelopes in the back. Uh, I remember uh, what I call putt-putt golf pencils. Y'all remember putt-putt golf pencils in the back? <laughs> they saved my goat at church because I got bulletins. Remember when you came to church, you got a bulletin <laughs> for a kid? I grew up when there wasn't children's church. There wasn't no children's church to bail you out. You know, you got the speech. Now you kids, sit up tall, be good, and don't talk to no one. All right, great church, can't wait, all right? So I remember sitting there, you know, and just like, and, and my mom, but she, she didn't know what she said. She said, I, I, she said, remember, this is God's house and he's always watching. You don't tell children that. It's the scariest thought in the world. I'm sitting there going, oh my God, God's watching, all right? I mean, you're just scared to death. I remember, uh, choir loft and the, and the choir and the robes. I, I remember all of that. I, how many of you know pipe organs? You pipe organ in your church? Lord help. Some of them are massive. Amen. Some didn't have room in the front. So they put them in the back of the church too. And I was like, dude, I look like a Viking battleship. I'm like, that's intimidating, man. That's for all the people back. See, that's what, that's when you don't, when you act up and God pushes the button and you know, there's a blow you away. I mean, some, some scary stuff in church. And so church can just resurrect a lot of different things, okay, about church and memories about church. And unfortunately, for, for many people, man, some of their greatest scars and hurts were in church. And I hate that, man. I hate that. That shouldn't happen in church. Should not happen in church. So here's the question. What is church? What is a church? Many people would say it's a building, all right? It's a building with beautiful stained glass windows. It's a building with a big old chandelier hanging in the middle, and if it fell, it'd kill 100 people, all right? Remember that? I asked them some of those churches, but, 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 but some people see it as that. Some people see it as, as, as a place to go for funerals, I mean, and stuff like that. But, but, but a church is more than all of that. Technically, according to Scripture, a church is me and you. It's me and you. It's me and you. We're going to look a lot in that in, in, in this series. So here's some questions. Why did God establish the church? You ever thought about that? Why did he do that? I mean, you think about it. He turned the church over <laughs> to us. <laughs> I wonder what he's thinking now. Now I'm just kidding. I mean, like, you can see some crazy, messed up, muffed up, jacked up stuff in church. Amen? You, I mean, you walk away and going, I don't even know if that was church. All right? I mean, there's some stuff that mess you up in church. But, but he, he turned the church over to us. We are the church. Okay? Why should I, you may be asking this right now, why should I attend church? <laughs> some of you are like, you give me about three seconds, I'm out of here, all right? Why, do you, why should I serve church, serve in church? It's a great serving church right here, all right? Why should I financially support the church? You know, all the preachers want just money. If they preach, you come and he wants money. I, we don't want your money. I don't want your money, okay? Um, but, but all these questions about church. What is God's plan for the church? You ever thought about that? What is God's plan for the church? And here's a question. Is the church still relevant today? Mm. Since 2020, the beginning of that wonderful year of COVID, but since 2020, church attendance across America, across just 
across the broad stroke of church has gone down every year. Down every year. All right? People don't see the church as a necessary part of life anymore. Mainly because, probably because we were told from the top down that the spiritual health of America is not important. <laughs> yeah, it is. You want to try the opposite of that? It's called chaos and craziness, all right? He said, well, we've got that right now. Oh, it'd be even worse than that. It's also that way because so many houses shut down and basically decided that they were not relevant. They was not necessary, all right? But, but, but church cannot shut down, back up, Stop grinding, stop pushing forward, stop being like, the church is all we have, my friend. So goes the church, so goes the nation. That's how it was established. Our founding fathers set up this beautiful, incredible nation that many nations still just cannot figure out. They are, they are impressed beyond words about what we have as a country. And it was established on the Word of God. I mean a ton of the Word of God. And the churches were what moved the small towns and communities that made us the nation we are today. The church designed by God was to lead a nation, not a nation to lead a church. I'm telling you, the church, the church is the most powerful thing ever ever, ever, ever established. Because he was established, it was established, the church was established by the King of Kings. And he is coming back to get what? The church. He ain't coming back to get the White House or the nation or Washington, D.C. or any kind of government official unless they're born again. He's coming back to get the church. And if he died for it and he rose and gave it power and he's coming back to get it, then the church matters. And it should always matter, amen? And so the church has got to lead. The church is still very relevant, right? Very relevant. And what God has in store for the church and plan for the church, I believe it's greater than we've ever seen, ever seen. If the church will just understand its role and see who it is and understand who it is behind him, it's ushering the power that church has and let it go. Yes, you can see some messed up, jacked up, goofy stuff in church. All right, I, I, I understand that, okay? But God's not done with the church. So the question is, what is a church? In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 9.10, we see God assembling the people. He calls the people together. He calls it the assembly, okay? And also in Joshua 8.35, you see it again. Moses calls the people because God has a word. It's called the whole assembly. So the called ones, the chosen ones, we see God, even in the Old Testament, calling people together and speaking a word, just like he calls the church today and speaks a word for the church, and the church is to go do it, okay? Look at 2 Chronicles, not Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He is seeking out the church. God is looking out and saying, who bears my name and who's ready to attack hell with a water gun? I want the church. I want a church that has 
power, knows his, knows his commanding chief, and follows God. He's looking throughout the earth for those committed to him, okay? That's what he's looking for, and he's still doing it today. So what is a church? So you got to look at what is the church, what God intended for church to be. So here's four things, bullet points, real quick, and we'll unpack them in this series as we move through. His church, or the church, is, number one, a living organism with Christ as its head. You are a living organism. The church is a living, breathing, heartbeat organism, okay? You saw last week our heartbeat for brisket, but we were moving and, and moving and moving, and then we had to take a nap. All right, so what I'm saying is you saw life. You saw energy. You see that. If you came in night of praise a couple weeks ago, woo, that was some good stuff, all right? You saw life and energy and passion. I read a book many years ago when I was in college. The title of the book was, Why Do Men Not Go to Church? That's a good read, man. Changed the way I do everything I do today, all right? But you gotta have a church that's kind of manly, kind of manly, all right? Brisket is manly as it gets. Smokers is as manly as it gets, fantasy football, shotguns, and killing stuff, and blowing stuff up. That's my kind of church. You like that kind of church? We do those kind of things. You say, sign me up. All right, right back there. Guest Connect, just write your name down. We got you. All right. What I'm saying is that's, that kind of church has to happen. All right. That's what Jesus said. That's the kind of church he likes. We talked about it last week, okay? He said, I, I am looking for worshipers that'll worship me and seek me in spirit and in truth. That's church. That's what he's looking for. We want church to have life. This church has life. You're the hands and feet of the moving and living organism called the church, all right? That's what you are, and you're beautiful at it. So it's kind of two-part. It's a living organism, but it has a head, Amen. Who's the head? Christ. Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. The commander in chief, the head coach, the man, the stud, the dude, the king. It's Jesus. He's the head of the church. Let me, let me say something to you. Y'all, some of y'all know this. The best snake is a dead snake. Now, if you ever kill a snake, say it's a rattler, and you feeling good about yourself, men. I'm going to tell my wife and show her the snake I killed because I want her to know how <laughs> she's lucky she has me. I'm protector, provider. All right? So you go get your wife and you say, come look at the snake I killed. You may, before you call your wife out, dudes, let me give you all some advice. If you leave the head on the snake and you call your wife outside, she's going to run back in the house so fast you can't. Woo. A dead snake, a good snake is a dead snake. But a dead snake must have what? It's head cut off, all right? Cut the head off, all right? Here's what'll freak you out. Call your wife outside to look at the snake you kill and you cut the head off and she walks out and looks at the snake and the snake without a head wiggles, moves. Her 40 time is just, she gone, gone, Foom. You're like, man, my wife should play for the Dallas Cowboys. But she's gone. Listen, things that don't have a head and they move, they're weird. They're scary to death. You ever seen a Halloween movie? People walking around with no head? <laughs> That'll freak you out, mess up your popcorn. I'm just telling you, things that are living without a head will scare you to death. 
Can I transition you to something? A church that functions as a church and moves and does stuff, but its head is missing is a messed up church. It'll hurt people. It'll break people. It'll do bad things. The head must be Jesus. The head must be Jesus. Don't attend the church who doesn't have a head. And if the head is anything other than Jesus, run, run, run. Because man will mess up everything. But God will never mess up his church because he died for the church and he's coming back to get the church. And the church is a living organism with Christ as its head. I always be a part of a church that Christ is the head. I am not the head of this church. I'm a senior pastor that sits in a seat that I sit in, but I answer to God and God alone. God is my voice. And everything I do and for this church, vision and anything has to be run through God. If God doesn't breathe on it, he doesn't give me a peace, we don't do it, period. God is the head. Not just a living organism where Christ is ahead, but a spirit as its power. The Holy Spirit is the octane power of the church. You gotta have the spirit. You gotta have the Holy Spirit with his freedom to move and change the lives and restore people and put them back together and save people. You, that, the Holy Spirit is what changes things and makes things happen in the church. Don't go to a church that's all spirit. Don't go to a church that's all word. Go to a church of what? Word and spirit. Why? Because that's the kind of church Jesus said I'm gonna go to. If Jesus goes to that kind of church, you go to that kind of church. Good advice, okay? The power, the Holy Spirit is the power of the church. It's the octane. Without the Holy Spirit in the church, it has no power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of you, which is the church, which it must be living inside of the church if it's ever gonna do anything. You've got to have power in the church. The world has its mission. The churches, the church has the world as its mission. Listen, every one of us, every one of us are missionaries every single day. We are living in the world, and God said, you, this is my mission field, and I put you on this mission field to, to do my church, to make a church, to do church. You're a missionary. You may not be living in Africa getting bit by mosquitoes that look like birds, but you're on a mission field, my friend, right? You're a missionary. Everywhere you go, work, school, church, sporting activity, it doesn't matter. Wherever God puts your feet, you are a walking, living organism as a church, and Christ is your head. That means open your eyes and see what he wants you to see, because you're the church, and this is our mission field. And the kingdom as our focus. I love the kingdom, man. And I love ministries that make impacts in the kingdom of God. Our missions that we support at our church, all of them do great kingdom work, man. Kingdom work. Kingdom work is seeing people saved and born again. It's, it's putting people back. It's restoring people and helping them get back on their feet. It's, 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 it's putting people back in church and engaging them in the church. It's changing lives, okay? That's kingdom work. That's what God's about. That's what the church should be about. That's what a church is. Living organisms, Christ is ahead. The spirit has its power, the world has its mission, the kingdom has its focus. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 16, main text here, and I'm gonna roll through it, so listen quick, all right? Matthew 16, okay? I want you to see this. This is the chart. This is the church right here. This is where the church was birthed, right here, okay? Matthew 16, look at verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of God, the Son of Man is? 
They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? It's a great question. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you, I tell you the truth. I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, let me say something to you, help you understand something. He asked them, who do man say that I am? He asked that every single day. Who do you say that I am? With our life, we answer that question, all right? We do. Simon says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. You are Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, upon that, I will build my church. Now, let me help you with something. Jesus did not build the church on Peter. Did not. He built it on Peter's confession. The confession of Peter is what he built the church on. Okay? You are Christ, the son of the living God. Upon that, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Listen to me. Peter is a pebble. Right? You and I, we pebbles. Jesus is a rock. He built his church on a rock, on a foundation. The wind and the storms will come, but your house, we sang about it, is built on the rock. The rock is Jesus. That's what he built the church on. He didn't build it on Peter, because listen to me, God would never, ever build a church on man. Never, never build it on man. That's why he didn't build it on Peter. He built it on Peter's confession. So let me show you something. So basically, until we in our own individual lives make that same confession, we're technically not the church. You see that? What's he coming back to get? The church. Not this building, the church. We are the church when... We confess that he is Christ, the son of the living God. We are born again. He comes and lives inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes back to get the church, if we bear his name, the church, because of our great confession, guess what? We go with him. Everybody else left with the church building. That's going to be a bad day for a bunch of people if he comes back on a Sunday and you're sitting in the church and he comes and gets the church and everybody that's called the church leaves and you sitting around looking at people in the church wondering what the fat just happened. Here's what the fat just happened. You didn't bear his name and you thought you did because you went to church, but going to McDonald's doesn't make you French fry, neither does going to church make you a Christian. It's a simpler way to say that. I don't even know how else to say that. That's the truth. You can't go into a building and become what the building stands for. You're either the church or you're not the church. You need the church only if you say you are Christ, the son of the living God. What did the thief say to him from the cross? Today, whoo, I believe you, the son of God. He said, today you'd be with me in paradise. 
Dude never did get baptized. He didn't serve in a church. He didn't tithe one time. Suck it, he didn't even tithe. It's <laughs> a whole nother message. I'm just saying, you ain't giving your way to heaven. You're going to die and get there. Now I'm going to go to preaching. What I'm saying is, it's the confession that makes you a church. It's the confession of Peter that built the church. The power is in us because the same power that raised Christ from the dead raised us from the dead when we were born again. That's the church. The power lies in us as the church to be the church so the church has power, all right, in the world. The great confession of Peter is what he built the church on, not Peter. God don't build churches on man. He builds on a rock named Jesus. Go over to Acts chapter 2. You got to go quick to Acts chapter 2. Just like we as the church, okay, as born-again believers, as Christians, bear fruit because we're connected to the vine. You see, if you're born again and you're connected to the vine, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And one of the things that marks a Christian is the fruit in their life. Do you know the same things for the church? A church should bear fruit. A church should see people saved. I don't even know why you get to be called a church if you don't see people saved. Just an interesting question. If you've got a baptistry that hadn't been full in five years, I think you should pull the name church off. Just call yourself a gathering. Jesus changes lives. When Jesus shows up at your church, he'll change people. He'll change them, man. I know it's hard, but it's just the truth, man. It's just the truth. So there's a fruit for the church. I want you to see it. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Here's the fruit of the church. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. The church broke bread in their homes together, and they ate with glad and sincere hearts. The church was praising God and enjoying favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Fruit of the church. If the church is connected, living organism, church, connected to the head. The head, if the head's on a body, is what? Is a good body. If the head fell off, run, run, run. So the church connected to the vine, Holy Spirit pumping through the church, the church, corporate and individual, ought to see fruit. If the church doesn't see fruit, question what you're doing as a church. Are we doing programs? Are we doing things? Are we just entertaining people? Are we just giving out cotton candy? Or what are we doing? Because the Word of God and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit of God will change people's lives. And when a church is doing that and it's alive and it's pumping the Word in and the Holy Spirit's moving, then it will absolutely see life change. It'll see marriages put back together. It'll see men get saved, even in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. It'll see women get saved. It'll see boys and girls get saved. It'll see a whole bunch of different things happen. Why? Because what? The church? No, because Jesus shows up at that church. The church ought to have fruit. It ought to have fruit, man. If you're a part of a church that doesn't have fruit, you got to question whether they're connected to the vine. Because my word says, if you're going to bear fruit, you must be connected to the vine. Because if you're not connected to the vine, woo, what? You ain't, <laughs> you ain't doing nothing. You can't do nothing if you're not connected to the vine. Go to Matthew chapter 5. 
A lot of scripture, I know, but scripture's good, right? Matthew chapter five, look at 13. Here we are again, the church, little church, big church. Matthew 5, 13, you, better known as church, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You, better known as church, right? you church are the light of the world. Mm, come on. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bow. Instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everything. And let your, in, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise the Father in heaven. That's why the church is still relevant today because Jesus, what? Hadn't come back to get the church. If he hadn't come back to get the church, go be the salt and light of the world. Don't shut your door. Don't turn the lights off. Open the roof. Let the worship blow. I mean, out, use your outside voice, amen. Go be the church. And everywhere you go, be the light of the world, man. Because the darker this country gets, and if it heads that way, the lighter the church is. The light shines brighter in the darkness. Shine, church, shine. Shine, church, shine. Amen. What are you looking for when you get lost in the dark? Light. Same thing true today, baby. People walking in darkness, man. They scared. They don't know. They got big muscles, but they're shaking. You know what they're looking for? Looking for the church. They're looking for Jesus. All right? Jesus. They're looking for the confession of Peter. Oh, who do people say I am? What about you? Who do you say I am? Oh, you Christ, the son of the living God. That's what people are looking for. Looking for the church that still has that confession as its theme. That we are the church. Mm, yeah, we're the church. All right? But we're the church because we know that Christ is the son of the living God. Church, listen to me. Whatever comes our way, we're going to be the salt. Whatever comes our way, we're going to be the light of the world. A city on a hill. We're not going to put it in a bowl. We're not going to hide in a corner. We're not going to shut the doors if you tell me to. No, 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 no. We're going to have church. Why? Because the darker it is, the better the light, baby. And Jesus said, no matter how hard it gets, ooh, greater is you that is in, greater is you, he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. And so the church can't back up. It can't cower down. It can't shut up. It can't be quiet. Why? Because our Jesus rose from that tomb. He conquered that tomb. He's still not in there. He rose again. He sits at the right hand of the Father, and God's exalted over the church. And he ain't coming back until God's ready. And when God's ready, he'll tell Jesus, and Jesus will come back and get his bride. Until that day, bride, you better shine, baby. Shine. People ask me often, Jeff, what's wrong with the church? I said, there ain't nothing wrong with the church, man. Church seems to be broke. It's broken, isn't it? I said, no. Church isn't broken, man. There's nothing wrong with the church. What's broken is man. Man is broken. And broken men break men. Broken women break other women. Hurt man will hurt another man. A hurt woman will hurt another woman. And I'm sorry that takes place in church. But that ain't the church. That's man. So quit chasing man, chase church, chase Jesus. If you're here today and you're a broken man, giving a bad commercial for the church, 
This altar right here is for you and Jesus will make you whole today. He'll, he'll heal you up, man. If you're hurting today because of church, I'm so sorry, man. I'm sorry. Church shouldn't hurt people. But if that's you, you got to get out of that funk. You got to shake off that junk because it'll carry it with you and you'll transfer it to your kids and you don't even know it. If the church broke you, come get healed today. If the church hurt you, come to Jesus, man. Come to Jesus. Jesus ain't going to hurt you. And he never intended for the church to hurt you. Churches hurt you when they stop being the church that Jesus wants them to be and being what man wants them to be. Jesus loves you and he loves the church. He sees the church and he sees you. Don't run from the church, run to it. The greatest thing you can ever give your life to is for the church. You know why? Because it's the greatest thing Jesus ever died for and the greatest thing Jesus ever coming back for. And if he died for it and coming back for it, it must be good. So go to the church, man. Come to the church. I'm gonna invite you to stay in church. The question Jesus asked, same question today. But who do you say that I am? Who do you say I am? Has there been a time in your life that you've said these words? Oh, I, I know who you are. You're Christ. Son of the living God. Then you're his church. But if you've never said that, never confessed with your mouth, never believed in your heart, he says that everyone who calls out to the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's never been that time. And technically you're not the church, you're just attending a church. If he was to come back to get his church, you're going to be left in a building, brother. Not because he doesn't love you, because you haven't answered the question, but who do you say that I am? So this morning, if you're broken because of church or hurt because of church, come. Come to Jesus. But if you've never been in a time, never been a time in your life, man, where you have said to him, you're Christ, son of the living God. Oh, my goodness, man. That's what you do today. For the first time in your life, you confess him. And you'll be born again in a part of the church. Father, we love you. We thank you. Holy Spirit, mm, do what you do. Draw your people. Out of obedience, may we respond to you. For there is blessing on the other side of obedience every time. We come to you, Jesus, now. We love you in Christ's name. Hey, thanks for joining us today here at the Church at Bushland online. Hey, if you were inspired by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop a message in the comments or you could email us at info at bushland.com. We'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. Also, man, if there's anything we could agree for in prayer with you guys, just text the word pray to 806-557-1800. We believe there's power in agreement um, with the Lord. And so um, if we could pray for you, just do that for us. Um, and if you'd like to connect further with us through social media, uh, just search the church at Bushland. You can find out more things that are coming up here um, and get involved that way. And then if you'd like to plan a visit, uh, we'd love to see you face-to-face. -face. We have services here, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. 
you can go to our website, thechurchatbushland.com, and plan that visit, and we look forward to meeting you that way. Finally, man, just thanks again for joining us. Pray your faith was encouraged, and we look forward to journeying with you in the days ahead. So have a blessed day. Thank you.